Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on American Family Radio. It's Wednesday, February the 15th, so if you're trying to get your Valentine's gift out, <laughs> card, reservations. It'll cost you only, it'll cost you half as much. It's <laughs> too late. Uh, unless you wanted to talk 2024, I guess you could get an early start there. Uh Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the program. Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Christopher Woodward. Good morning. I plan on getting, uh, finding some of that half-off candy all all over town. That's right. Half-off candy. um, All right, so, uh, Ed, do you want to tell folks, we don't mention this every day, how they can Watch this here show if they'd like to. Absolutely. You can go to two places. Used uh-huh. to be three, but YouTube permanently banned us. Uh, I don't want to say why, but Ivermectin entered into it. It was hurtful. And hydroxychloroquine. Um, so you can go to Facebook and type in today's issues. Search. That's the name of this program. And click through to be able to watch us through radio. Or you can go to our streaming platform which is streaming.afa.net. It's very easy, by the way, to sign up and get a free account there. If you'd like, a lot of the video content is available for you to watch if you do that. Uh, but you can watch us do radio on at streaming, streaming at afa.net. How about our podcast, Ed? Hey, thanks for asking, Tim. Our podcast can be accessed by going to AFR.net. That's American Family Radio's homepage, AFR.net. And at the top of the page, you'll see a drop-down menu. It says podcast. And you can get podcasts, I think, for just about every show we have. And appetizers, too, there <laughs> on that drop-down menu. Yes, the, huh? the appetizers. The fry, I recommend the fried mushrooms. Those oh, are yeah. excellent. Yeah, low-calorie, too. Uh, yeah, and the, uh, the it's cheese. It's all plant-based. Cheese. Fried cheese sticks. It's not, all plant-based. It's all plant-based. Brent, you want to, Brent Creeley, our producer, you want to speak? Yes, sir. Not trying to correct our vice president, just yes. to clarify our vice president. Streaming.afa.net. Did I not say that? Streaming.afa.net? We just got kicked off there. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I, I may or may not have said that. I, I don't. You said streaming at. Streaming at. Okay. Yeah. I think it's, is this a, is this a New England Southern thing? I, Streaming.afa.net. There we go. There we go. There we go. And so, somebody says something about plant. Oh, I, I had joked that uh, you guys were talking joke, about Chris? appetizers. and Oh, the appetizer. And, uh, you said uh, they're plant-based. Yes. I'm going to tell you something. Chick-fil-A learned themselves a lesson real quick, didn't they? <laughs> you had the cauliflower sandwich? <laughs> huh? Yeah. They Did they inter- go forward with that? They introduced a cali- uh, cauliflower, quote, chicken sandwich. Right. Yeah. And that lasted about two days. Huh? Yeah, they were testing it. I, I'm telling you, there there are certain things you become known for. Yeah, and there are places at that point. There are places you should not go. <laughs> so McDonald's, remember they brought salads in McSalad. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm just telling you, that's not why people go to McDonald's. Right? They go to McDonald's for the burgers, maybe the chicken nuggets, certainly the French fries. Mm-hmm. People at McDonald's aren't interested in a salad. 
No, and you, you don't go to make McDonald's sandwiches out of cauliflower. You want your arteries clogged. That's what you go there for, huh? That's what you That's, go. You there know for. what you're getting into, right? And Chick Fil A. I'm sorry, the name says it all. Chick Fil A. You serve chicken sandwiches. I think they, they, they did try. This is all it's true. They yeah. did try to introduce. I'll a, share the uh, link. Yeah, and what happened? And they they they, they didn't like. They, it's gone already. Yeah, I, I think so. Am I right? Check that out, Chris. Well, I've Google got. That. Um, I see here that they have uh, debuted a cauliflower chicken sandwich, and they're testing it. I don't have a link on it being pulled. Well, oh, so, although, uh, hit click on news. Uh, see if see if that doesn't Chick-fil-A bring news. up the story. Chick Fil A news. Okay, I'm on it. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, I, I thought my I, pleasure to do this. I, <laughs> I thought I saw last night reading. The news that they've decided to ditch seven dollars yeah. for a cauliflower sandwich. Maybe that's the reason. It's Bless not their heart. Out. Seven bucks. Well, what's a regular chicken? Now I'll admit, if my wife picks up Chick Fil A, I don't. I don't usually. Yeah. Now, in their defense, Burger King had what they called an impossible impossible Whopper. It was plant based, and it cost more than the actual meat burger. And people were like, Why? "This is not going to bring people in." Go. Anyway, well, maybe maybe Chick Fil A hadn't canceled it already. I thought I read it last night. I'll share they, the seven dollar. Take, take some had. advice from me, Chick Fil A. Yeah, although I'm sure you're not listening. Right, don't do it. That that do call, it. the cauliflower the cauliflower committee does not need to meet. Right, any longer I like at Chick Fil A uh, home office. I do too. I like it steamed or raw in a salad, mm. not between two buns. Yeah. Good point, Ed. Trying to pretend like it's chicken. I'm right there with you, brother. Well, uh, KFC, uh, another you know uh, fast food chicken chain. conglomerate uh, giant <laughs> cartel, whatever we want to call them, uh, with their secret herbs of spices right. and whatnot. They do also have plant based chicken there at uh, KFC. So Chick Fil A is not the only one. Mm. All right, uh, listen, uh, we've got a report on the Asbury revival coming up in about five minutes. Right here on American Family Radio from Dr. Steve Siemens, who is a professor emeritus at Asbury Theological Seminary. Bottom of the hour, CEO of Newsmax, Christopher Ruddy, will be on with us. So we got a couple of guests this hour. What's the, what's the b- biggest news story? Well, we can talk about this more after our guests today, too. But I want to make people aware of uh, we began yesterday's program talking about how Governor Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan made a push for gun control uh, in the immediate hours following the shooting at Michigan State University. Uh, In the last 24 hours, we have found more information out about the man police say was the shooter at Michigan State University. Uh, Again, he's been identified as Anthony McRae. And come to find out, he was arrested in 2019 and charged with carrying a concealed pistol without a concealed carry permit. This is a felony that carries a potential five-year prison sentence and would have prevented McRae from being permitted to own a firearm once his sentence was up. Instead, uh, he pleaded down to a possession of a loaded firearm in a vehicle, which is a misdemeanor. Prosecutors dismissed the felony charge, and he served just 18 months probation instead. Also, and most importantly, he remained eligible to purchase and own guns. So, Gretchen Whitmer says, the system is broken, we got to control guns. There is a system in place that failed here, based on these soft-on-crime people. And uh, as a result, Mr. McRae was uh, able to do what police say he did at Michigan State. And what 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 was it? 
What is this about? Well, there's so much, there's so many things wrong with this. So, so the left continues to harp on I, their intent is, I, th- I think, eventually to get rid of all handguns and get rid of all guns. If they had their way. If they had their way. So what they do when there are shootings is they will talk about getting rid of assault weapons and all, you know, all the kinds of things, terms that they basically make up to try to frighten people into supporting gun control. And all that really seems to do is to put a target on the back, maybe the poor choice of words, for for law-abiding people who want to legally own guns to protect themselves or to do hunting, whatever, but to protect themselves. But in reality, you have a situation like this where if they just upheld and enforced the gun laws that are on the books, people like this, this Anthony McRae, would not have weapons. This man should have been arrested and charged with a felony, mm-hmm. which would have meant he could not legally obtain a gun ever again if you're a felon. But instead, they allowed it, allowed him to plead down to a misdemeanor. He served no time. Then he turned around three, four years later and... Open fire. By, by the way, evidently he shot himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Listen, I think, pardon me, the the left's knee-jerk reaction of gun control when we have a, a mass shooting like this uh, in, our, in a country of 330 million people, which you're going to have every few weeks, unfortunately, especially in our uh, very violent society we live in today, um, this is, it's, it's getting so tiresome. It doesn't even deserve a response anymore. The left is for gun control laws that they don't want enforced. <laughs> well, except against law abiding people. Yeah. yeah. That's who they put in. That's who they put in. This prison. is a, this is a guy who, uh, as you said, was charged. With a gun uh, control mm-hmm. law enacted by Democrats, I'm sure, maybe maybe Republicans too, in the state of Michigan, and the, and uh, instead of him being punished for uh, disobeying that law, he got off the hook yeah. because of the Democrats' soft on crime policies. Right. So, which way do you want it, uh, Democrats? Which way do you want it? Uh, so, I think they want both. They want criminals roaming the streets. And uh, and they want uh, peop- they want uh, legal law-abiding citizens not to have guns. Yeah, because if you ask them, uh, obviously they would say no. Uh, we ask, don't ask who. If like you ask Gret- Gret- the, the like, left, yeah, and the governor of Michigan, for right. example. If you ask the left about this gentleman, not gentleman, this guy, this criminal, this thug, this murderer, Anthony McRae, are you in favor of someone like that going on a rampage like he did at Michigan State University? They would say, no, of course not. We need stronger gun control laws. But they didn't enforce it. Why go for stronger gun control laws right. if you don't even enforce the ones that are that are easier to enforce? This man was caught with an illegal firearm, concealed. He had a concealed weapon without a concealed weapon license, that means he intentionally broke the law. He should have been prosecuted, and he would have spent, I think I, I read where it could have been, he could have been in prison for five years for that. 
Mm-hmm. But instead, he ple- he didn't even get the felony charge. He pleaded down to a misdemeanor. Please. The other thing is here, uh, he clearly violated the laws of, of of that state when he went on a campus mm-hmm. with Which a gun. Which is a gun free right. gun free zone. If, right. he, if he huh, we so we have a law prohibiting yeah. guns on public school grounds. Why didn't he follow it, Tim? Yeah, because he doesn't care about laws. The only ones who care about laws are law-abiding people. Which puts them targets. That's right. Sitting ducks, if you will. Yes. Uh, So, again, uh, liberalism is a mental disorder, and this is more proof of that. Uh, If you you were to suggest that maybe Michigan State University should allow students to have guns on campus with the proper licensing, the left would go insane. They would ju- they they'd be screaming and talking about the increase in gun violence that would happen on the university campus. And I'm not saying that if you allowed students at Michigan State University to have legal handguns, that nobody would have been hurt by this right. Anthony McRae. But perhaps somebody would yeah. have stopped them. I'm also tired of the use of the term gun violence. I'm getting tired of that. Right. We don't use that for any other kind of violence. Do we say knife violence has increased yeah. in America? Right. How about fist violence? Right. What about U-Haul violence? Huh? Car violence? Right. Uh, what other kind of violence we got here? Uh, you know. How about pushing people onto subway track violence? Yeah. That happens Sub- a lot. Subway track violence. We yeah, when you say gun violence, uh, which I'm violent, better phrased as using uh, violence using a gun, right? Uh, perhaps because guns don't go out and shoot themselves. Uh, cars don't go out and mow people yeah. down themselves. Do you remember the uh, in the uh, Waukesha parade? Uh, some news outlets had had said car plows into Wisconsin parade. They didn't yes. blame the driver. Yeah. Yes. Uh, good point, Chris. All right. Uh, on a more positive note, absolutely, we have some great things happening uh, across our country, including what's happening in Asbury. Uh, uh, excuse me, at Asbury uh, College and University, our college and seminary, I should say, in uh, Wilmore, Kentucky. And uh, you've been hearing about it on American Family Radio. Joining us to discuss it is Dr. Steve Siemens, who is Professor Emeritus at Asbury Theological Seminary. And uh, he joins us now. Dr. Siemens, uh, good morning to you. Hey, it's good to be with you, Tim. Hey, uh, where are you today, by the way? I'm actually in uh, in Waco, Texas right now with my daughter. And, uh, of course, I'm keeping abreast of everything going on uh, back home in Wilmore uh, at Asbury uh, uh, through lots of different ways. Uh, a lot, my phone is kind of blowing up, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're, we're some wonderful Facebook posts and other kinds of things are are happening, you know. And uh, it's 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 just absolutely wonderful what God is doing. Uh, and just this morning, um, when they when they had the chapel, the regularly scheduled ta- chapel at ten o'clock this morning uh, on campus, that marked a full week of revival, because that's kind of when things started a week ago. And uh, it doesn't seem like it's slowing down much at all. Uh, Of course, many, many people are coming. And I was talking to a friend uh, uh, that's there right now that's kind of in the middle of things. He's one of the persons that's kind of shepherding 
what God is doing. And he mentioned to me that there are about uh, uh, 20 other mostly Christian college campuses where revival fires are beginning to burn with all-night prayer meetings and different things, th- things happening at Lee, Lee College and uh, Indiana Wesleyan University and Taylor yeah, and so forth. He mentioned enough, a number of schools. So it's, uh, it's amazing, and it looks like it's beginning to spread. Uh, Dr. Siemens, this is uh, Ed Vitagliano uh, here. So let me ask, I- I'm sure there are a lot of people who, if they are not familiar, if maybe they're not, maybe they're Christian, but the idea of revivals that isn't really in their denominational kind of currency. They may, may have uh-huh. heard of it, but they're not really sure what it is. Certainly people who are, are outside the Christian faith may be a little bit puzzled about what's happening here. That's so right. please explain to our listening audience what the hallmarks are of, historically speaking and biblically speaking, of a true revival. When, 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 because there are some denominations, Baptists, for example, will say, well, Sunday to Wednesday we're holding revival, and, and I know what they mean by right. that. But but when we're yeah, talking about yeah. a revival, it's like what's happening at Asbury. How do we know what that is and what it looks like? Uh, yeah, there's difference between having meetings and a, a, and a true revival, obviously, and, uh, and nothing wrong with having meetings. But, well, you know, uh, Ed, I think that Jonathan Edwards, back in the First Great Awakening, uh, who wrote some wonderful reflections on revival— based on what was happening in uh, Massachusetts, where he was, uh, he said that every, every so often, he said, he said God the Father uh, loves his beloved Son, and there are times and seasons when he wants to make his Son's name known uh, uh, and to, to spread his glory across the face of the earth. And revivals, true revivals, are really uh, something that initiates in the heart of God. They're not something we conjure up and make happen, but uh, they're, they're, they're the result of uh, God coming to glorify and magnify His Son. And, 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 and Edward says that uh, uh, what he noticed about people, he used a phrase called the divine excellency of Christ, and he said, people were getting gripped. It was kind of like folks that had grown up in the church uh, and heard about Jesus all their life were experiencing him almost anew for the first time, sort of like when the three disciples experienced the transfiguration of Jesus on the mount. It was like, this is a Jesus I've never known before. And, And God comes in revival in his manifest presence, you know, his it's it's palpable his presence. Uh, it's the presence of the risen, exalted Christ, and people are so gripped, uh, almost like Paul on the on the Damascus Road. You know, they they're so gripped by that encounter with the living Lord that uh, they can't shake it. And this is what Edward said: these folks that were experiencing this back in his day. This is in the 1730s. Uh, from that point on, they were all in, and you you couldn't uh, persuade them 
of anything otherwise than to wholeheartedly follow Christ, no matter what it cost them, no matter what it did. And so God uses these kinds of times and seasons, uh, in, in effect, to uh, get a hold of people in a profound way, and uh, they, w- they are people who will not uh, compromise uh, or be seduced by the culture anymore. They're all in. And then the Church, as a result of that, the Church is restored. Uh, the Church, as, as people fall in love with Jesus again in revival, then what happens is they let Jesus be the Lord of the Church again. And he starts, uh, you know, leading the Church to be what the Church is supposed to be. And so uh, the Church grows up in maturity, and uh, it's, it's worship life, it's service life, it's, it's community life, it's, it's energized. And then as a result of that happening, uh, the world starts to take notice, and uh, then the, there is a kind of a penetration that happens into the culture uh, through evangelization, as well as through uh, uh, movements for reform, social justice reforms, and things like that, you know. Uh, and then there's worldwide expansion as people groups. People go out uh, to the ends of the earth to tell about Jesus and the glory of his name. So uh, that's a long answer, Ed. Mm-hmm. It sure was, but it was a good one. It was a good one, Professor. You know, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's revival. Amen. Professor Emeritus yeah. at Asbury Theological Seminary, Dr. Steve Siemens, uh, is our guest. Where are you keeping up with the revival? You said you're getting your phone's blowing up. Is there a website? Uh, well, no. I tell you, uh, if you if you just go to YouTube right now and and uh, click on Asbury Revival 2023, uh, there are there are lots of uh, videos that have been posted uh, of different of different sorts. Uh, right. There was a. a Oh my! There was an article, a fine article in uh, uh, by, by one of our seminary professors, the current seminary professors, uh, that's in uh, Christianity Today. They they're they're sort of digital uh, daily news thing that they do. That's mm-hmm. a, you know, uh, there's so much going on on Facebook right now. Uh, people are posting things there a lot. Uh, but yeah. I would just say go to YouTube. Seriously, because uh, there's, uh, so you, you'll get a taste for what's happening, and there are also some inter, some like interviews and you know short right. uh, podcast Just kinds of things there that you can learn about. Type in uh, Ivermectin Revival, <laughs> and and you will get YouTube. Asbury. To get, Asbury. I mean, Asbury. Yeah. That's an inside joke, Dr. Siemens. You don't even know what I'm talking about, probably. But anyway, listen, brother, thanks so much for that report. Uh, when you say back home, in uh, are you from Wilmore originally? I am from Wilmore. Yes, I, I certainly am. I Obviously, I... I taught at the seminary for 35 years and retired five years ago, and uh, and we still live there. And I'm just out here, gotcha. uh, trying to help my grand grandkids uh, babysitting my grandkids for a while. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, well, listen, brother. Thanks so much uh, for being on with us and sharing with our listening audience. And uh, uh, to God be the glory. Amen. Thank you. All right. I just want to say uh, on our Facebook page, Autumn says, praying for that revival to spread like wildfire in a poorly kept California forest. 
<laughs> well played, Autumn. That's good. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will take a short time out right here, as we do every day, Monday through Friday, and we will return. Christopher Ruddy, uh, CEO and founder of Newsmax, will be on with us. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God. And our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. We live in a day when America's families are under attack like never before. Buddy Smith, Senior Vice President of the American Family Association. The war against biblical principles rages on numerous fronts. The Internet, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., America's corporate boardrooms, and the list goes on. At American Family Association, we're committed to standing against the enemies of God, the enemies of your family. And we recognize it's an impossible task without God's favor and your partnership. Thank you for being faithful to pray for this ministry, to give financially, and to respond to our calls for activism. What you do on the home front is crucial to what we do on the battlefront. We praise God for your faithfulness. And may He give us many victories in the battles ahead as we work together to restore our nation's biblical foundations. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Parents across Baltimore, Maryland are angry, and they have a right to be. Students in at least 23 public schools failed math class. Not a single student was proficient in math. District-wide, only 8% of students tested proficient. The results represent a complete failure by Baltimore County Schools to educate students, a city and district, by the way, run by Democrats, a school district that is more concerned about the well-being of the teachers' union than educating boys and girls, spending $32,000 per student. And get this, teachers make over six-figure salaries, and yet your kid cannot do simple arithmetic. It's a national embarrassment, and parents are demanding change. It's time to take power away from the unions and give it to moms and dads. School choice. It's the only chance kids have to do long-form division. Once again, the radical policies of the Democrats just don't add up. I'm Todd Starnes. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. 2 Corinthians 5.1 American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. 
Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Thanks for listening. Um, hey, our uh, our two spiritual heritage tours uh, for 2023 are filling up fast. So if that's something you want to do, uh, then uh, check out our website, spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. If you don't know what that is, in June and September, we have two trips uh, to Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. It's a Wednesday night through a Saturday night. That's the tour, and everybody goes home on Sunday. So if you're wondering how long they last, that's the time period. And we go in June and September because typically you have nice weather. So we're going to see the Capitol, the Lincoln, Jefferson Memorials, the Vietnam Memorial. We're going to the uh, see the White House from the outside. We'll see the National Archives. Arlington National Cemetery, very special place. Been there. Dear to our hearts. We're going there and see the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier where the changing of the guard takes place. We'll go to George Washington's Mount Vernon as well, the uh, World War II Memorial. So we're just going to see about everything that, uh, in, that we can in the time that we have in our nation's capital with Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation who is our historians, and uh, it's a lot of fun, too. And so if you would like to go, and then in uh, September, we have a Colonial Williamsburg tour. Uh, Colonial Williamsburg, Jamestown, the first permanent English settlement in the New World, uh, and uh, Yorktown, the Battle of Yorktown, so important to our country's uh, founding. So, uh, and, and you go as well on this, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so, my wife and so I, folks, Allison, we folks host. will be, uh, yeah. be able to spend time with you guys and get exactly. to know you. Exactly. Uh, we love spending time with our supporters on these trips. And, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of fun getting to know people on a more personal uh, level. If they get too personal, we just, you know, sort of back off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't give out like your personal cell phone no, don't number. My, don't hand them my text, credit card text. and things right. of that nature. <laughs> but you do spend uh, time and converse. Yes, and yes. Share laughs. Absolutely. Enjoy the you know the the history of our nation exactly. together. So exactly. So if you want a vacation with a purpose this year, again, like our That's trips good. are filling up. They're, they're, they'll, they'll be they they will be filled uh, full in uh, probably three weeks to a month. Vacation with a purpose. That's. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, you ought to you ought to go with that. Vacation with a purpose. So there you go. Uh here's the website. You want the dates, the cost, the itinerary, uh all that. I don't put reviews on there. We don't put reviews on there because we don't want any bad reviews. Right. You know what I'm saying? Every once in a while you get a person you can't please. You know what I'm saying? No, I, don't, I don't even let you my try family. Your, you try your best to put together a great tour, you know, and then the bus has a flat tire. I don't want somebody going on there saying, hey, don't go with Tim Wildman. You can't trust the buses they use. I'm giving him a t- two stars out of five. That's right. I don't so, even let my family review, review your, me. They, like I, I, my wife, I don't let her review uh, our, uh, you know, Valentine's Day date right. on Facebook. I don't want, you know, 
Cheapskate no, took so me there's to no, parties instead right. of Harvey's, and you know I don't want I don't want those kind of reviews. So we're not. I'm not putting them up there. That's right. I'm not putting reviews up there. Uh, you just got to trust me on this. You're going to have a great time. Uh, just spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Tim, Ed, and Chris. And uh, now we're joined by Christopher Ruddy. And Chris Ruddy is CEO of Newsmax. And uh, he's been a longtime journalist and uh, joins us now. Good morning, Chris. Hi, Tim. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me back on. I used to be on this show many, many times through the years in the how, past. How old are you now? <laughs> I'm, I'm only 15. I think I'm 22. Are you going in reverse? He identifies. I'm, 50, I'm 57. 57 right. years old. I remember, I remember you from uh, your years. Uh, did you write for the was the Pittsburgh Gazette? Is that what you who you wrote for? What a good memory. I first, New York Post, the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Okay. All right. And, uh, and I remember I, you writing articles about the Clintons. Map. Yeah. Yeah. I was one of the key Whitewater reporters back then and caused a big ruckus. Yeah. And I'm still causing a ruckus on Newsmax. All right. How did you get involved? Before, before we get into the uh, DirecTV issue, how did you get involved uh, with Newsmax? How, tell us the background there. Well, I saw the power of the Internet in the 90s. Remember, it just started right. 95, 96. There was a guy, Matt Rudge, that would link to my articles in Pittsburgh. And I thought, wow, you know, before the Internet, um, if you could, you reported something in some newspaper, unless you were on the Associated Press or New York Times, nobody would hear about it in the United States. It was like it didn't, it didn't happen. And I thought, this is an amazing thing. The gatekeepers are finally gone. We need to have a website that represents our values and concerns. And um, I started Newsmax, and it grew uh, tremendously through the years. And then I launched a cable news channel in 2014, and that's now the fourth highest-rated cable news channel in the United States, Newsmax. How do you... How do you launch a cable news network? (laughs) I mean, I, I... Can you give us just a well? Go ahead. It really is David versus Goliath story, and just even when I started Newsmax, I started with a twenty-five thousand dollars investment. And you know, when you're carrying conservative values and supporting conservative values, you're penalized by everyone, by advertisers, by the the, the investment banks. Everybody makes it difficult for you. Even now, I'm going through difficulties with Newsmax um, because we're not liberal. And uh, and I started it, and um, it grew because there's a tremendous market, Tim, in the United States. Fox has proven it's half the cable news market is Fox News, and yet the liberal media don't even want to go into that sector because they hate the politics of, of Republicans, of people out in the middle of America, uh, the heartland. And Newsmax has always been right there. And, you know, we went into TV and I said, you know, if we just get 5 or 10% of Fox's audience, uh, we'll be doing well. And we've grown. We have a very unique audience. Nielsen says 5 million people tuned into Newsmax last quarter that didn't even look at Fox once. So I think it's very telling. And, um, you know, we're we're growing. Uh, we We reach about 25 million people. And we're on every major cable system, although I think you know we were just deplatformed and censored by DirecTV, which is owned by AT&T. Yeah, what happened there? What's the story with that? 
Well, it's pretty shocking. You know, Newsmax is on every major cable system. We're a pretty big channel now. We're one of the highest rated cable channels overall. Uh, and they took us off and they basically said, uh, we'd carry Newsmax, but we're not going to pay you any license fee whatsoever, not even one penny. And we're like, well, why does everyone else get paid in cable news? Why do you have 22 liberal news channels and every one of them gets a fee? And most of them have lower ratings and they have no real answer for it. We do know, uh, Tim, that back two or three years ago, two years ago, when Nancy Pelosi controlled the House, the Democrats sent a letter to AT&T saying that one America channel, Newsmax and Fox News, needed to be removed and deplatformed. That was essentially the gist of the letter. And AT&T complied. They removed one America last year. They removed Newsmax this year. Um, and they're, and you know, uh, I don't know if Fox is next or not. But I can tell you, people are speaking out. Uh, Mike Huckabee has said that this is, people should just switch their service. Trump has called this disgusting. President Trump, um, Rand Paul has spoken out. Have you got a – is there – I'm not a fan of filing a lawsuit on everything that happens. But at the same time, have, have you? I'm sure you're considering some sort of legal action based on this, um, based on this, the unfairness of it. Uh, the favoritism of it. I know they're uh, AT&T slash DirecTV would say they're a private company. Right. But at the same time, if you're going to show, as you say, pay, pay these liberal uh, news outlets uh, a licensing fee, how can you discriminate against a conservative? You said they haven't come up with a good answer yet. I bet they would have to in court. Well, I don't like legal things either. I'm not sure what has happened is illegal. What could be illegal is if AT&T was pressured by government officials, and there's some evidence of that, yes, to, rem- to censor Newsmax. That's when it's a violation of your constitutional rights. And there's clear evidence that that came from Congress. We would prefer not to have legal action with DirecTV and AT&T. We'd prefer to just be on their platform. We really had no problem with them uh, before they took us off, and they had very what even Kevin McCarthy said with discrimination, discriminatory terms against Newsmax. And, um, and so we're fighting back. We're asking yeah. people to call. If you're, if you're an AT&T or DirecTV customer, call to complain. Uh, President Trump urges people to cancel. There's a real easy number for people to call toll-free, which is 877-NEWSMAX, 877-NEWSMAX, and we'll connect you to DirecTV or AT&T. Okay, one eight seven seven Newsmax, and just what when the eighteen? No, 18- I'm sorry, it's Tim. It's eight seven seven Newsmax. What did I say? You said one eight. You said eight one eight. Yeah, so eight seven seven. No need for the one. I think that goes. Oh, back. you could say one eight seven seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's All right. Fine. All right. Well, well listen. Chris, uh, what's the next big news story uh, in the next 24 to 48 hours you guys are going to cover? Well, there? we're well, we're following Ted Cruz just announced, you know, he's going to do a big investigation into big tech censorship. And he's coming on Newsmax tonight to talk about it. Uh, that partly involves us. We've been a victim. I'm sure you guys have seen you're limited and restricted and Christians across the country I've seen specially targeting by Google and Facebook and all these companies. I think it's the biggest topic. The second thing is we're covering very carefully these Chinese balloons. Um, General Holt, who used to be number two in NATO, is on Newsmax, and he's saying that there's a lot more to it and that 
the Biden people really made a failure allowing that first balloon to go all across the United States. Has, has President Biden himself spoke to the public on this that you're aware of? Um, In any detail, taking any questions or anything like that? Well, I thought it was strange that he didn't give an interview at the Super Bowl. Mm. I mean, I thought that that was a really important thing for him to uh, to speak then. And uh, the he can't do it. He can't. I agree with you, but he can't. He cannot hold up to a one on one interview with a journalist who's going to ask him any hard questions. He just can't. And they're wise to keep him out. I agree with you. He needs to. His tradition. But when he, uh, you remember when, uh, speaking of, I, I think this is when Chris Wallace was still with Fox News. And uh, Trump did that one-on-one for an hour right. at the White House, and they were both sweating. Yeah, that was outside. Yeah, I don't know why they chose to do it in August and in, in, in outside in Washington. It's very humid. But anyway, here was Trump uh, taking him on. Man, I liked all his answers, but Trump was going one-on-one with Chris Wallace, all right? And then I was saying, well, when is Biden going to, because Chris Wallace said, I've invited Biden to do the same thing, give him equal time, let him answer some tough questions. And Biden never never did that because. Uh, I think you're right. He can't. He cannot. He would stumble and stammer and forget and be foggy brained and slur words. And it would look horrible. And then, then people would say he, he, he needs to go. He needs to go. So the best thing to do is just have him. Not do anything like that. I don't. I don't blame you. If, if you're, if I'm his handler, I'm telling you, you ain't going to do that. Right. You're not going to do any one-on-one interviews, especially right. with Fox News. Right. Uh, you're not going to do any one. But now that's that's a um, handler p- political decision. That's not what's right. Right. <laughs> what's right is he needs to face the American public and do interviews like that. Do rope lines. Uh, like Trump did or go on Newsmax or go on yeah. Newsmax and answer questions. Well, we actually, we actually had Jill Biden came on last year. We're very open to having both sides. We believe it's important to have both sides. Yeah. There you go. Um, it's the Democrats that don't want to have both sides. It's the Democrats and the left in this country. that want to restrict voices. And, hey, do, you, uh, do you think, so C- think do you think CNN is, is going to survive because uh, they uh, I remember when, when when they had Trump in the White House, they were all against Trump twenty four seven. That was they they that was their altar they worshipped on. And I was I was saying if Trump's not, they need to hope Trump wins, because if he's gone, CNN's gone, and they are gone for all practical purposes in terms of their viewership yeah. uh, and their decline. Uh, yeah. You think they're? Do you think new CNN's gonna? Uh, I don't know. Do you think they're gonna make any kind of a comeback? Well, you know well. I don't know if they'll make a comeback, but yeah. they'll certainly exist because the big liberal cable operators want them to stay and are paying them lots of money. Newsmax has about half their rating in CNN, but we don't get they get about fifteen dollars a year per cable subscriber from these big uh, oh, cable gotcha. operators. Like, so it's um, they get a lot of money, and so they're gonna as long as they have a lot of money, they're gonna be around. And that's why they're trying to restrict voices like Newsmax. Yeah, gotcha. Well, listen, Chris, uh, maybe we have you on every once in a while just to talk news and stuff. Love to. We'd love to do love that. To. Christopher Ruddy, of, uh, CEO of Newsmax, and uh, we, Newsmax website, Newsmax television. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it so much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Okay, bye-bye. Chris Ruddy. Uh, he's a real smart guy, and he, he's been in the, the, the journalism trenches for decades 
And I forgot about the whitewater thing because I, I remember reading Chris Ruddy's. I, I always yeah, say me too. That's how, Gazette, that's how he built his name. Really. Yeah. Let uh, me just say you can always trust a guy named Christopher. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, yeah. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, deep thoughts from Chris <laughs> Woodward. Uh, so what do you think about my uh, – when I said uh, Biden can't do it? Should, oh, shouldn't do it and can't do it. That's, that's clear. But however, I will. I would say that, in the opinion of some people, he's the best communicator in the White House. Yes, I do have that audio. <laughs> Good segue, Ed. <laughs> but I, I do think you're right. I, I think it's clear that kind of an hour long would be a disaster, w- especially with a a strenuous interview process. Like Chris Wallace, like Chris Wallace says, where he's going to push back. No, Mr. President, you said right. Your policy does. They're streaming across the border. It, it, it would be an unmitigated disaster. I think it would be such a such a political disaster that uh, Biden would not be able to run for reelection. I agree. This is protecting his mm. better options. To, better to take the criticism for not doing interviews than to do an interview and have it be a total, complete disaster. Yeah, That's because my view. as president, you can always say, well, I'm busy. Right. I'm busy. I can't do, I can't stop what I'm doing. I'm running the country. And a lot of people aren't going to believe that, but at least that's your excuse out there. But if you're on television and it goes viral on the Internet, right. you stumbling around and you can't string together a coherent sentence, that's never going away. That's on the Internet forever. That's Miss South Carolina. That's <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. From back about 25 years ago, 20 years ago or something. Such as? Yeah, such as. <laughs> you just got to, if you don't know what we're talking about, type in Miss South Carolina, Miss Teen South Carolina. Yeah. And uh, I saw an interview with her uh, like 20 years later, and mm-hmm. she was good natured about it. Uh, listen, I typed in uh, Miss Teen. I was going to put South Carolina, but some, Miss South Carolina. This teen South Carolina pops up. It's the third most watched. It's the third. It's like being search, Rick rolled. The third search topic. Yeah. Uh, that uh, was back in two thousand seven. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. It uh, is. She, uh, anyway, so, she she had she went on one of the late night talk shows back in the day about that answer, but it was just you, you just got to watch it. Yeah, such as. <laughs> the Afghanistan or the South Africa. I think all people should have maps. Right. Right. Yeah. It, she, it didn't help the image of beauty pageants. No. Let me it put didn't. it that way. All right. Go ahead, Chris. Well, uh, speaking of uh, expert communicators and Newsmax, I've right. got some audio here. Uh, it's going to begin with Newsmax uh, reporter James Rosen asking a question to White House press secretary and communicator Karine Jean-Pierre, listen to what she says about Joe Biden. Clip seven. Is it the view of the president's communications team that he is equally adept in all settings in terms of communications? Or are there some that play to greater strengths, some where he probably isn't as strong, etc.? I will tell you this. The president is the best communicator that we have in the White House. Well, what does that say about her? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it says that she has a boss. That's what she, that's what she was saying. Uh, they, listen, what is what is she supposed to say? Mm. She let you know, she wink, was, wink. She, listen, we all know that the say, old man has lost it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that'd be 
He's a few documents short of a say, box. I would just say, well, uh, what's his name? Rosen, James? James Rosen. Rosen. James, now, would, now with Newsmax. I would just turn that question on you, James. And, uh, <laughs> ask you, what do you think about, president, about, about my boss's ability to answer questions? Or, or communicate in any way, well, really. All right. I understand spin, and all White Houses do spin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's And press secretaries, you better be able to spin. Uh, but at the same time, you, you also got to tell the truth and level with people, uh, at least enough for them to know that you are somewhat trustworthy in what you say, whether you agree with them politically or not. Right. What Jean Green Jean Pierre does on a daily basis is just write out gaslight and and just tell whoppers, right? And um, and she also answers a lot of questions with that that are subject have subjective answers, vague, so that you when you say, for example, if James Rosen were to go. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Biden's not the best communicator of the White House. Yeah. Ask the fella has Daisy can't even hardly talk. Come on. Yeah. KJP? Yeah. And she, so she's got to, you know, you can't, you got to be will. you got to be able to say, uh, yes, he is. And, and then look at his State of the Union, mm. for right. example. Well, it's it's like, it's like asking, we, we've been down this road before, asking a football coach, Going in for halftime when your team is getting yeah pummeled thrashed yeah. on the football field, you know what kind what how, how would you uh, characterize your teams right and, and what are you going to do going into halftime? How can you turn this around? Well, he's going to say what he has to say and what everyone expects him to say because part of his job is to put the best face on a terrible situation, and that's what Kareem Jean Pierre. Did in that what case. if people didn't do that? You ever see that show with that movie with? And I hadn't watched the whole movie, but I know what the theme of it is with Jim Carrey, and all he does is tell the truth about everything. Uh, I you're, think I know what you're talking about. The one where his I'm not endorsing the movie. Right. I haven't even seen it. I know what the, I, I've seen clips from the movie, right. and I know what the theme is about. But the guy just tells the truth on everything he's oh, answered. Liar, liar. His yeah, son and, makes and, a wish or something, yeah, and, and he, he gets in so much trouble right. in life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm just saying, what but, if, but at the same time, we're told to tell the truth. Yeah. We're supposed to tell the truth. So right? what would happen if everyone told the truth? Can you members of, imagine if members of Congress, both parties, told the truth? No, we, we blew it on that one. <laughs> that bill that bill was a bad idea. Affordable Care Act. Yes. <laughs> we, we, oh, we, we sure fooled everybody on that one, didn't we? Inflation Reduction Act. Yes. <laughs> That's done wonders. Right. It, it, <laughs> I, would, be, it would be refreshing. But I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying, what do you really benefit from telling whoppers when everybody knows you're telling one? But you you said because they can't because they're not going to say they're not going to say I'm sorry or I was wrong well, or, let, let or we blew you, that one. Let me give you an, an, an yeah. example though of yeah. the game that we all play, and okay. this does not. I am not talking about okay. me or Chris or you right. or Brent. Yeah, you just talking about humans. Wife, what, humans. What's her name? Okay. Right. So when your wife says, does this outfit make me look fat? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. What do you say? 
Do you tell the truth? Well, what if, or do you lie through your teeth? Well, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not making, you're not asking for an answer. I, I, I will refer saying, you to the justice department and the president. <laughs> Good answer, Chris. Right. You do the KJP, you refer them to some agency. You go to your mother-in-law's house for dinner and she's over salted the mashed potatoes. Now you go with, of course it doesn't make you look fat. <laughs> you say, right. no, this is, you want to, you want to, you want to live to play another day. That's What's right. bad is when you answer and then they go liar. And you're yeah. like, oh. Well, quite frankly, that's an unfair question. Right? <laughs> I do like but Chris's you know answer. Yeah. I'm going to refer uh, you to No, I know, but I just, uh, the, the coach analogy you mentioned, yeah. the coach walks out the field, and we and he's getting, his team's getting just beat to a pulp by, by the other team. And he says, well, we just got to go in and regroup and come out with a better uh, egg right. plan. And, They've got a, full, a few more first downs. I think we'll okay, be able to. That is may be true yeah you do need to go in a regroup yeah. <laughs> but but you might want to go in and get dressed and get back on the bus what was it it was uh the coach for uh, uh notre dame Ken brian was it brian kelly yeah yeah notre, notre dame. dame he's now, now at lsu yes and and alabama in the national championship was pounding the stuffing out of notre dame yes this about he, 10 years ago yeah and he was yeah. asked by the at field reporter going in and so what, what can you do uh, different in the second half and he said, well, I guess we can hope Alabama doesn't come out of the locker room. <laughs> that was the funniest halftime interview I've ever seen. It was just one or two lines from Brian Kelly. He's now at LSU. Yeah. You're right. You know, the reporter's saying, what can you do yeah. to, to uh, <laughs> turn to this game around Turn this game around in the second half? <laughs> he said, well, I guess we can just hope Alabama doesn't come back out. For the second half. One of the funniest jokes <laughs> when I was growing up, I was always about Italians. You hear about the Italian soccer team. Uh, the Spanish soccer team didn't show up for the soccer game, and the Italians won one to nothing in overtime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that has anything to do with what we're talking right. about. but uh, It was funny. All right. Uh, thank you, Chris. Thank you. What insights you had this hour. I tried. <laughs> guys it named was, Christopher. It yeah. was powerful stuff. It was. All right, we'll be, my life. we'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.